2: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Travis
1: Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, Coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami!
2: What's up Dolphins and welcome into the Tuesday, March the 27th edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. I am your host Travis Wingfield and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of of Miami Dolphins football, and on today's show, it is running back day, Kenyon Drake, Frank Gore, and where the Dolphins' stable of backs measures up against the rest of the league, and who will be the third back to join Drake and Gore come draft day. Also, Ndamukongsu and Michael Thomas have new homes, and Adam Gay's made an appearance on the Around the NFL podcast. We'll discuss all of that, but first, as you guys know by now, I have to remind you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review, let us know how we're doing here at Locked on Dolphins Podcast. Give me a follow on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins and check out the number one rated blog in the LockedOn Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. The featured column up live right now is titled Frank Gore's Role in the 2018 Miami Dolphins Offense. You guys can check that out right now on lockedondolphins.com. And of course, at our locked on sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And at the very end of the show, I'm going to announce a very special guest we have coming on the podcast here. Hopefully, sometime this week. A date has not been set yet, but let's go ahead and get into first down in the Locked On Dolphins podcast.
1: That's another Miami Dolphins!
2: And it is first down and it is running back day here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. We're going to go ahead and get to a couple of news items first before anything. First up on the agenda, Ndamukong Suh finally has a new team, a one-year $14 million deal with the Los Angeles Rams. I think there was going to be some vitriol towards and Sue for his decision, or I guess for the Dolphins' decision, to go ahead and move on from him, and kind of that whole tour that he had going around the NFL, basically meeting with half the teams, it seemed like, trying to find the right fit. But he has found his fit. It's in Los Angeles. He now teams up with Aaron Donald as, by far, the most dominant defensive tackle combination, rivaling the famous Williams Wall in Minnesota during the mid-to-early 2000s, Kevin Williams and Pat Williams, of course, there. But Sue and Donald teaming up in Los Angeles means bad news for the NFC West quarterbacks, And also another Dolphin with a new team. Michael Thomas has joined the New York Giants on a two-year contract. He'll go up there and probably play a lot more special teams and not really get a chance to see the field on defense like he did in Miami. But Michael Thomas has a new team. I wish the most success for him of all because he is such a good dude, a good guy off the field, stood for a lot of good things, and used his platform to put a good message across the league. So Michael Thomas, Dominican Sue, new teams. And lastly here on the first part of the podcast, Adam Gaze went on the Around the NFL podcast. If you guys aren't familiar with this podcast, it's from NFL Media. It's one of the main podcasts they have, or I guess the main podcast, and a very, very popular podcast with Dan Hansis, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler, and Chris Wessling. And the podcast provides good entertainment value. It's a fun podcast. I wouldn't say you're going to learn anything about football on there. It's just a couple of guys talking football, or four guys, I should say, talking football. But they had a bunch of coaches on the podcast, both Monday and Tuesday. And Adam Gaze was one of those coaches they had in the podcast, and... You know, Dan Hansis is kind of a goofball. He he writes the what's called the end around column on NFL.com. It's not really about football, just kind of like off the wall things, kind of the goofy guy, so to speak, of the NFL media group. And he asked him some really dumb questions. And the first thing that came off when I thought about those the answers Adam Gaze gave, which was basically pass or no, or just kind of laughing, was that he views anything that's not football related as a waste of his time and just doesn't really he has a sense of humor about it because he answers some of the questions with a little bit of a a grin on his face, so to speak. But for the most part, he was pretty much dismissive of those dumb questions. But the couple of things that he did mention were, and there's two notes here I want to make, and that's talking about the quarterback. He made it a point to say he's been with Miami for 33 games now, if you count the playoff game in 2016 up against Pittsburgh. And he said he has franchise quarterback for 13 of those games. And he said, quote unquote, not that I was keeping track. So kind of got a chuckle out of the guys there and just talking about how excited he is to get Ryan Tannehill back. And he mentioned that the Arizona game where Tannehill did get hurt was one of the best games Tannehill has ever played in his career and how he was kind of reaching a new level in terms of his development with the scheme with Adam Gaze and with this offense and you can tell that there was definitely a trajectory pointing upwards for Tannehill and at that point of the season, then he gets hurt, goes down and it's been a long time since we've had Tannehill back and now everyone seems to have forgotten about him Well, Adam Gates does not feel that same way. He feels like this is his quarterback. He said they didn't even have much of a discussion in terms of finding other quarterbacks to go ahead and be their guy in 2018. It was always about Ryan Tannehill and getting the pieces around him and getting them in place like they have done so far with the offensive line and wide receiver makeovers that they have put into place so far this offseason. So he's very much in Ryan Tannehill's corner. We already kind of knew that, but the other big note that I know is he talked about in the goes back to our first topic, and Su, and they asked him how it' tough it is to replace a guy like and Sue, who is still a dominant player at his position, despite the fact that he's 31 years old, ate up a big part of the cap the Dolphins had available to them, but nonetheless was a very productive player for the Dolphins for three years in Miami, and how do you replace that type of guy? And Adam Gaze kind of put a shot across the bow of the national media saying, you know, a lot of you guys, we have guys that you guys don't know about, probably haven't even heard of, that we feel comfortable in terms of bringing them up and giving them more snaps and playing a more prominent role in the Miami Dolphins defense in 2018 and beyond. So probably a little bit of a note there towards Devon Godshaw, but also Vincent Taylor, the two rookie defensive tackles who had very nice rookie years a year ago. Taylor, much more efficient. Godshaw got a lot of reps and had some good ones in there as well. So those two guys figured to get elevated snaps and playing time in 2018. Probably still going to look towards the draft. You can look at Kevin Dern's piece on LockdownDolphins.com talking about defensive tackle prospects. That's up there right now. It's called Defensive Tackle Primer. A very, very well-written piece talking about all the prospects the Dolphins could dive into. He's got scouting reports and gifs. And Kevin's just a good writer. So go ahead and check that out on LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one rated blog in the Lockdown Network. And we're going to talk about running backs, my Frank Gore film study, short yardage, red zone, all the stuff that he brings to the Dolphins, next on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Lincoln NFL at LockdownFins.
1: Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
0: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft.
2: So yesterday we talked about the quarterbacks, Ryan Tannehill, Brock Osweiler, David Fails, and then possibly a rookie. And today we're talking about the running backs here on Offensive Week on Lockdown Dolphins Podcast. It'll be running backs here on Tuesday. It'll go wide receivers on Wednesday and tight ends on Thursday, offensive line on Friday. So keep that stuff in the back of your mind for future episodes of the Lockdown Dolphins Podcast. But talking about... Frank Gore was really the kind of thing that inspired this part of the podcast and talking about what he brings because if you guys know on Twitter, if you saw me on Twitter, I was kind of against the signing and talking about letting Damian Williams walk for only $1.5 million to the Kansas City Chiefs, and here you bring in Frank Gore. But after watching the film, this is probably kind of a bit of my general personality or kind of who I am as a Dolphins analyst, I always try to find the positive aspects of the signings. What's going to happen if the signing goes right? Now, obviously it could go wrong, but with Frank Gore, I just, you don't really see a lot of downside. I mean, he is 35 years old. That cliff that is supposed to happen at age 30, I guess is coming at some point, but this kind of feels like his one last swan song in the NFL a visit back to Miami. I don't think he's going to take it like a farewell tour as much as he will see it as kind of getting his hometown team kind of back on the right track and back in their 2016 playoff form. And you go and you watch the film, and there's a couple of things you notice about what he can do. And I compiled a bunch of numbers in terms of what he meant in short yardage and in red zone, where the Dolphins were dreadful last year, both with Kenyon Drake and Jay Ajayi. Now on 30 carries between Drake and Ajayi in the red zone, excuse me, 31 carries in the red zone for Drake and Ajaya. They had 30 rushing yards, obviously less than one yard per carry average inside their opponent's 20 yard line. Now Frank Gore is at 3.2 yards per carry, which might not sound like a lot, but it's actually third best in the entire NFL because running the ball in the red zone, you don't have the long lengthy runs, obviously they stretch that average and make it bigger. So he consistently picks up yards when they need him in short yardage in the red zone. And he also was fifth in that area and converting first down slash touchdowns in the red zone in the entire NFL. So a very good red zone runner short yardage. He's fantastic in that aspect too. In third or fourth and short situations, where it's three yards or less to go for a first down, he had 15 carries for 63 yards, just a 4.2 average, but he converted 13 first downs on those 15 carries, an 87% conversion rate. So he's going to get the yards you need in short yards, something the Dolphins are going to have to have. I've tweeted about the Dolphins' lack of ability to go with heavy personnel because their lack of tight ends and probably their more finesse offensive line they have. Well, Frank Gore helps you fix that check out the piece on LockedOnDolphins.com. I have some gifs of him where he just pushes that pile, sticks his nose in there when there isn't much of a hole and just churns out yards as best as he can, rather than trying to bounce and get that big play the way Jay Ajayi did that eventually got him traded off to Philadelphia. So just talking about some other guys in terms of the Dolphins production in those third and fourth and short. Kenyon Drake was only a 50% conversion rate last year, and Jay Ajayi was just a 70% conversion rate. So very good from Ajayi still. Drake not so much, but Frank Gore clearly above both those guys in that aspect. So yardage red zone he is going to be a very professional type of runner he makes up for some of those areas the dolphins are lacking in terms of being able to get that stuff done but he also provides value as a pass catcher on third down too because he converted 43 percent of his receptions on third down into first downs better than both ken and drake and jhi so he's not just a pigeonhole type of running back a typecast running back that you have to put in one type of mold he allows you to open up the entire playbook from every single play he can catch the ball he can allow forward for short yardage and get you first downs and move the chain. So he has a role in this offense. I'm excited to see where he goes with it. That piece again on lockdowndolphins.com has even more detail in there. And let's go ahead and talk about where this Dolphins backfield ranks amongst the rest of the NFL. And I kind of went through and I had a couple of teams circled that I wasn't quite sure about. I had three teams circled that I wasn't really sure about. So it puts the Dolphins in this range either 10th or 13th best backfield in the NFL. Some people might say, that's crazy. You're out of your mind. A lot of that has to do with what I think about Kenyon Drake. I was I was high on him before J. A. He had his breakout in 2016. That first Cleveland Browns game back in 2016, week three, that first drive of the game after Hill's interception, so the second drive of the game, I suppose, Drake was running the ball very hard. He was pushing piles. And you see that last year, and he has that breakaway burst once he makes that first man miss We he can take it to the house. So that breakaway speed was always obvious, but the way he runs with that hungry demeanor and running through so many tackles like the way he did last year en route to being the leading NFL rusher through the last five weeks of the season, it just showed up on tape but you also see the big leaps that he made both as a pass catcher and a pass protector he was fantastic in blitz pickup down the stretch and obviously he can flex out wide and do some things that running backs aren't supposed to be able to do in terms of going deep like that that big pass catch he had against the New England Patriots on Monday night for a big yard. So Kenyon Drake, very high on him. The teams I have ahead of the Dolphins in terms of their running back stable: the Buffalo Bills, again not in order, this is by the division's order, so not saying that LaShawn McCoy is the best, but just going in order here. The Buffalo Bills, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, the New Orleans Saints, Atlanta Falcons, Arizona Cardinals, and Los Angeles Rams. Obviously with those two guys, two teams both having big... Uh, Bell Cows in their backfield. Then I had the Minnesota Vikings, Chicago Bears, and Tennessee Titans circled. I love Dalvin Cook. Obviously left him before the knee injury. He's going to be a hell of a player for the Vikings. Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen make up a very good duo, but I want to see more from Cohen in terms of more options, and I want to see a little bit more out of Jordan Howard one more year as he has been very good the first two years of his career. And then the Titans with Derrick Henry, Actually, check that. I have to make an amendment on the Tennessee Titans because I did add Deion Lewis. I'll put the Tennessee Titans ahead of the Dolphins. So between 11th and 14th, let's just call it 12th. The Dolphins have the 12th best backfield. So at quarterback, I gave them the 11th best situation in the NFL and at running back, 12th best. That's going to be higher than anyone else you're going to talk to about this. Call me a homer, call me what you will, but I've seen the film, I've done the work, and I totally, fully believe that the Dolphins offense has those pieces in place. So we're going to talk about the receivers on Wednesday and talk about the Titans on Thursday and offensive line on Friday. I'll give you those league ranks as well in the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. We have a couple of more segments for you guys talking about potential draft running backs and a big announcement for the Locked On Dolphins podcast.
0: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: And talking about Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake as the two running backs right now carrying the water for the Miami Dolphins, they are very likely to add a running back in the draft and with this group of players that should be available in that middle part of the draft, the Dolphins, it would behoove them to go ahead and find one of these guys and try to get more production out of them and try to bridge the gap from 2018 and 2019 when Frank Gore inevitably retires. But there are some options, some outside options for the Dolphins early on in the draft. Let's start with round one. Darius Geis and Sonny Michelle. I think both these guys will be available late in the first round, but the Dolphins won't get a crack at them at pick 42. We have heard a lot of reports about the Dolphins loving both Darius Geis and Sony Michelle as well as Nick Chubb from Georgia. They actually were on hand today to scout both those running backs in Georgia for private sessions. So they have a clear affinity for those two guys, but also... I don't think that either of those guys will find their way to pick 11. So moving on to round two with Geis and Michelle both off the board, that does bring back up Nick Chubb, a potential option for the Dolphins there from Georgia, but also Ronald Jones from USC. There were some reports about him kind of turning teams off at the combine. Not a very approachable guy, not a very interesting guy in terms of his interviews maybe he found his way down the draft board there by being a less than impressive interview but he was very productive at USC good breakaway speed great vision everything you want a running back and then you go back to round three not sure if these guys will be there but they they could be I suppose Royce Freeman out of Oregon carry on Johnson out of Auburn and Kalen Balazs out of Arizona State I've talked about all three of them specifically Kalen Balazs I think that he has probably the most upside in this entire class a tall physically imposing running back. He can do everything in terms of pass catching, pass protection. Really looking forward to seeing what he does in his career out of Arizona State. And then round four, the local guy, Miami's Mike Walt- Mark Walton, Brashawn Penny out of San Diego State, Naheem Hines out of North Carolina State, and Bo Scarborough out of Alabama are the names I wrote down. Dolphins could do well to find any of those guys in that spot as well. And then you go further in the draft, I think John Kelly out of Tennessee, if he's available in the sixth round. So plenty of options for the Dolphins to add to the stable of running backs and even take it up the board past where I had them at 12th in the NFL. So I think that one of these guys will get drafted to Miami. It might not be one of these guys specifically, but I think the Dolphins will find a running back at some point in the draft and go ahead and go forward with Drake, Gore, and the Rookie. So that should do it for today's podcast, guys. Before I get to the end of the podcast, I teased a potential guest on the podcast, and that should be happening here soon in the near future. That's going to be none other than NFL Media's Henry Hodgson, handsome Hank, as he is known of the Dave Damashik football program podcast, a big Miami dolphins fan an English native. So he'll be coming to the podcast to give us a little bit of scoop on how the national media views the dolphins and how he feels about that view of the dolphins and kind of some of his background in terms of how he became a dolphins fan and how he found a career in the national football league as a member of the media. But that's for another podcast for another day. That'll do it for today's podcast. Guys, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review and check out the other locked on sports podcast for all your local, and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Lincoln NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFans and follow our flagship show at LockedOnNFL both on Facebook and Twitter. And check out the number one rated blog in the LockedOn Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a good night. I'll be back tomorrow for another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football.